0: According to research, our attention span has markedly decreased in just a couple of decades. In 2000, it was 12 seconds. Today, it shrunk significantly to 8.25 seconds. I can confirm that just by standing here. <laughs> In fact, scientists reckon we now have shorter attention spans than goldfish, who can focus on a task or object for nine seconds. We also live in an age of distraction with an E and a U. War, hunger, disease, death is upon us. It is especially hard for Christians as we heard this morning we are God's elect but we are scattered exiles we don't belong in this world as Juan Sanchez puts it in his book on 1st Peter in these hardening times some of us will be tempted to compromise what we believe in order to fit in or to avoid suffering while others of us will be tempted to bemoan all that is wrong with our world and long nostalgically for a better time, long forgotten. And that likely never actually existed. Probably the people in the morning service, as older, are more prone to fall into the last temptation, whereas people like us here this afternoon will likely face the first one, compromise. To fit in. To avoid this danger and learn to suffer well, though, we need to focus. But I'm afraid that we are too distracted by trending words to savor the timeless word. But the, so to speak, spiritual time, the only time for us, available to us, that is at our disposal is always and only now. It is so easy for us to be absent from the present while dwelling somewhere in the past or the future. When we are not distracted in front of a screen, we are so easily entangled with past guilt or future fear, missing out the blessing that is today by God's providence. Do you really live on Sunday, during a Sunday service? Or Or does your mind dwell on yesterday's thrills or failures? Or maybe run to the next thing, whether it is Monday morning or something you long for in the future. Even the culture around us has realized that we need to be present at any given moment. Mindfulness, they call it. And it is increasingly common for sports people to speak of being completely present in key moments or matches. We must keep our eyes open to what God is doing through Christ in the here and now. Be present in the present. Don't miss the blessing of today. And the Apostle Peter's message to us this afternoon is that the future starts... Now, Peter, a prominent messenger of the Lord Jesus himself, is writing to God's people, his family, his friends, who during hard times are called to suffer well by standing firm, living a life worthy of their calling, no matter what their immediate circumstances look like. For this to happen, they need to be laser-focused. There are three things we can learn from Peter's message. Things on which we should focus. The first one is praise God. From verses 3 to 5, praise God. Peter has just explained how the Trinity is involved in our salvation. And this statement leads him spontaneously into praise. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us in the future. The day with capital D is coming when you'll have it all. Life healed and whole. What great truths we have here. We are and we have so much because of God's love. But the problem is that the truth is often not just different, but opposite to our experience. The recipients of Peter's letter are reminded that they are privileged, but at present, they experience suffering and scattering. And we need to learn to download, so to speak, the truth into our reality. If I get an email with a file attached to it, I have already received it. I know that somehow it's mine. But it is not really in my possession unless I download the file, open it, and absorb its content. Peter is giving us here incredible truths that need to be downloaded in our existential hard drive via praise, so that they transform our often pale reality. We have been given new birth. This is God's mercy. Great mercy. Sinners like us, he raised from the dead with Christ. We are born again. And we have life that leads to two things. They sound like future things, but they should inform our here and now, our day-to-day reality. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope. Hope, of course, refers to something certain in the future in Scripture, but notice it is living. It is not an abstract wish or think, but it is alive and kicking in the present. It is the power of the resurrection that is in the DNA of this hope. Have you downloaded it yet? This new birth comes also with an inheritance. This treasure can never perish, spoil, or fade. It is a future thing, but it means confidence in the present. Do you feel it? If not, maybe you haven't downloaded it yet. You're keeping it somewhere in the cloud. It feels like it's not really yours tonight. This inheritance is kept for us, As we are kept also through faith, shielded by God's power, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Did you notice that? Salvation will be revealed, but it's ready here and now. Our inheritance is a present reality. It is indeed secured in heaven for us. We are also secured in the present. There are things that we will enjoy in the future. We will enjoy in the future. But this is a truth given to inform and transform our reality in the here and now. So let's press the download button. Praise be to God. Only in this environment of praise and joy can we survive in a dark and hostile world. Only then can we suffer. With joy, Which brings us to our second point. Suffer with joy. From verses 6 to 9. Peter continues in the same manner. I know how great this makes you feel. Even though you must put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved pure. Genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Peter stresses the presence of joy. Because of our new birth into a living hope and a secure inheritance, we can be happy. Therefore, we can live rejoicing and swim And a notion of joy. At the same time, Peter acknowledges the reality of suffering. We are exiles. We are scattered. We may suffer, but we will gladly do so. This is not our home. But we are friends of God. The trials are part and parcel of our calling, so that our trust in God may prove to be genuine. This is our pure treasure, that will result in praise, glory, and honor. When? Then. When Jesus Christ is revealed. Therefore, we download this truth in our present, difficult reality, and we suffer well. Peter continues focusing on the present with this future aspect. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him, With laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to. Total salvation. Salvation. We have it already. But soon it will be completed. Our salvation has a past, a present, and a future aspect. We have once and for all been saved in the past. From the penalty of sin by Christ's work. We are being saved in the present daily from the power of sin as we live by the Spirit faithfully. We will one day be saved forever in the future from the presence of sin which will be no more. What a prospect. We press on as we live filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Are we? Are we? Let's press the download button and suffer joyfully. Peter now zooms out a bit in the next couple of verses from 10 to 12 to show his recipients how privileged they are. If they have been, we are too. The third lesson for us, next to praise and joyful suffering, is the realization that we belong to something greater, a spiritual relay, started in the Old Testament times and spreading through the end of times, including the New Testament and somewhere there, us as well. This gift of salvation, this gift of life, has been proclaimed by the prophets of old who have searched intently. And with the greatest care to know details about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and his work. The Messiah's Messiah's spirit let them in on some of it. They received the email with the attachment, but it was for us to download it. Their truth became our reality in Christ. In fact, they were serving us as we have now heard for ourselves. The message has been fulfilled. Peter asks, do you realize how fortunate you are? Angels would have given anything to be in on this. What a privilege it is that the triune God is working toward revealing his love to us. What a privilege it is that the prophets were serving us, putting down God's revelation. They knew in part, but we know Fully, what a privilege this is! That even angels long to investigate these things. The scripture, the scriptures, are a treasure, a true privilege that we must acknowledge and enjoy more. The Bible contains this glorious message, this gift of salvation, and we, scattered sojourners, we are privileged. We belong to a huge story and a colorful family. We are indeed part of the story of God and humanity. If this is true, it needs to change our reality. We must do our part. After being shaped by this message, we must pass the baton to others. After we have found our place in the story... We need to serve others in this spiritual relay. This is how the letter of Peter has reached us this evening. It is the faithfulness of the church that kept it alive and passed it on a generation at a time. We need to realize this in the present. Take up our own responsibility and keep on keeping on. But how are we to do this? How are we to do this? Here it is, by living a weird life. Living a weird life, suffering in joyful style, and by clinging to the word for quite a while. Our lives in Christ must be weird in comparison to the culture around us. And we must own this weirdness. We must own it. Having a hope that is living in the present would mean that we lead lives that to a certain extent will not make sense to the culture and the environment around us. There will be weird lives, radical. To give an example, yes, it is true that we Christians believe in radical monogamy as I heard in a podcast the other day, that put it in a rather cheeky way. We believe that this sexual thing works out only in an exclusive marriage relationship between a male and a female. Weird, but true. It is weird taking your time in the duty free stores at the airport when your flight gate is cramming full of people who want to enter first the airplane as if the seats are not numbered <laughs> have you seen this happening at an at an airport huh? greek people tend to do that i don't know why don't ask me why but you act differently you take your time you can have other priorities weird but why because you fly business class <laughs> <laughs> what am i saying you are friends with the crew and the pilot. Your journey is secure. You can act differently, weirdly, otherworldly. You have a new life, a living hope, an inheritance. You have millions of reasons to rejoice in your salvation. You are privileged by God's grace. But expect to be misunderstood. Perhaps even mockery and pain. And suffering are on the way. We need to suffer under this weirdness and display it faithfully to the world around us. The future has already started. A weird life will undoubtedly lead to us suffering. So let's suffer in style by being joyful about it as we've already seen. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you. And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Says the Lord in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Again this idea of the spiritual relay. Peter expects and presupposes suffering in his writing. He knows that really well. He follows a Messiah that was crucified, after all. He, Peter himself, suffered likewise. Suffering will come inevitably. The whole theme of suffering comes again and again in this letter. It has its own leitmotif. It has its own distinct melody that sounds bitter. But it is utterly necessary in the grand scheme of things. We can suffer with joy downloading the magnificent truth of God's new life into our cloudy reality. Now. Today. And we need to cling steadily to the Word, with capital W, for quite a while, actually, until we see Him face to face. Him whom we love. Our great source in this downloading of the truth into our reality is the Word of God. Not only the written word, but the enfleshed, crucified, and resurrected Jesus Christ, who suffered enormously for us. He did everything for us, so that we can have a new life, a new birth. That means a living hope in the present and a future inheritance, which is again presently secure, sure, solid. Therefore, Keep on keeping on praising the Lord, suffering with joy, participating in the relay. Please don't get distracted by what is going on around you. Focus and press the download button. What do you need to fully download from these verses to help you focus on living for Him wherever God has put you today?